Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live 95. We all know these past few years have been very tough on everyone's mental health. But did you know that there's a HSE-funded mental health text service available locally? Vanetta Bajaj is a Limerick volunteer with 50808, the free 24-7 text line, which offers anonymous mental health support to those in urgent need. And Vanetta joins us this morning as they're launching a volunteer recruitment campaign. Good morning to you, Vanetta. Hello, Vanetta. Can you hear me? Morning. I can hear you loud and clear now. So, um, mor- morning. Tell us about this. How long have you been involved? Oh, um, September, August, September 2021. Uh, 2020, sorry. It's been a year and a half. Okay. Time-lived. So, in the pandemic, that's when you, you got decided this was something you were, was worth volunteering for. Yeah, absolutely. It launched in um in mid um in mid twenty in mid twenty twenty. So I think it was about May June it, it launched and I saw it shortly after. And um, you know, it's fantastic service. Um and I, I will say it's just it's just so good to hear that something that's so important to mental health is also HSE funded. A lot of the time these types of things are the Samaritans or a charity, but being HSE funded is just fantastic. And as a text service, how does it work to support mental health? Yeah, it's great. I mean, if you if you think about it, um, it's quite daunting for people to phone and say, I have a problem. Even just getting the words out of your mouth can be quite challenging for a lot of people. And if you think about just how things are going, people text more, people uh, interact on forums and, uh, and Reddit and things like, like, like that more. They end up texting uh, quicker and finding it easier to share their emotions. So to tap into that has been fantastic. And it's just something as simple as if a texter wants to get in touch, all they text is the word help to 50808 or anything to 50808. And it automatically connects you and it says, just give us a minute, we're going to get you a volunteer. On average, depending on the time of the day, the wait time can be two to four minutes. It can be less. Sometimes it's just 30 seconds. And again, it depends on how busy it is. And then straight away, they're connected to a trained volunteer who is there to say hi. I'm here to listen to you, you know, what's on your mind. And just being asked that question really can help someone just even feel like they're not alone. Just, just those words can really help. And I feel that that's just less daunting than having to phone someone and someone go, hi, what's your problem? And you go, I, I have a problem. So it's just easier with text. Yeah, and I think sometimes people might fear, that they have that fear that their voice might be recognised um, and somebody might know who they are. And so that can stop them for from making a phone call. But what happens then after, you know, you as a volunteer say, oh, hi, I'm here to listen. Do texts go back and forth? Do you have a long conversation or what happens? Yeah, so, so it's, for, it's worth mentioning firstly that it's not scripted. You know, um, the, all, the, um, all the volunteers go through significant training for a number of weeks um, around um, when someone interacts with you and... Um, the types of words we could use, words that could be emotive. A lot of volunteers, you know, we aren't mental health trained, you know. A word that I might use might be very triggering to somebody else. So we're kind of aware of trigger words. But the conversation might be something like, you know, um, I'm feeling really anxious. That could be what the issue is. And so we explore it. We say, well, you know, know, could you tell me more about that? And they might say, well, I'm just feeling anxious. So, you know, it's about opening up the person to tell us what's happening. And it could be something that happened in a day, you know. I had an argument with my mother, I was bullied at work, my wife's leaving me, whatever it might be. But 
something will have happened and they'll, they'll share that a bit. So our role is to try and just tease out that conversation. And once we understand that, it's about empathizing. You know, I'm really sorry that's happening to you. I mean, because that's actually true. You know, I mean, you hear these heartbreaking stories um, and, and it's quite hard to hear them. And, and you have to just, just listen and support them and say, you know, you are going through a hard time. And so the conversation's back and forth with the primary aim to firstly make sure the person's safe. You know, one of the first things we do very quickly is to say, you know, have you had any, have you had any thoughts about, about killing yourself? Because one of the most important things is to make sure that the individual is safe. And from there, once you've established they're safe, if that's the case, which is most of the time, we then look to um, understanding how we can get them into a better mental health state. And that could be helping them de-stress themselves, uh, help them come up with a plan for themselves, but they come up with it. And we, and we just ask the right questions for them to come up with a solution. So it's really just a conversation. It feels like you're just talking to a friend, really. And what because happens... It's not like... But Sorry, what, go on. Yeah, what happens if you identify that they do need something more than a text, that perhaps, you know, if they're being uh, physically abused by somebody or they they mention those suicidal thoughts, do you direct them then to another service? Yeah, so that's, that's a great question. So there's two sides to that. The first one is, um, assuming, let's assume that they're they're safe. Um Someone might say, you know, I'm, I'm going through a divorce or I'm being, I'm being abused by my partner. It's a case of providing them access to services. So as a volunteer on our platform, we have access to significant services. But it's not a case of just someone texts you in and you spam them with links because that's not really helpful. They can just Google it, right? So what we do is we ask them, you know, would you be open to getting some resources? You know, would you be interested in, in us providing that? And the resources can be talking to, um, you know, referring them to a free counselling or suggesting they go to their GP. It could be going to local charities or services around domestic, uh, domestic abuse. Um, it could be about anxiety. It, and we have a myriad of resources that we can provide. Also, resources that really aren't referrals. So, you know, some people find that there are certain apps like Headspace, for example. We use that as an app. We say, look, you know, if you need to try and find Headspace for yourself, here's an app that we found that could help you. So we do provide them with the services and resources. But it's really key that we don't, we don't spam them. You know, the last thing you want is someone to say, I'm really feeling down and I'm anxious. And you go, um, here's, a, here's two apps you can download. It's about making sure that they're comfortable using it. And that's the right thing for them to, 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 to look at. But the second thing is, um, to your original point, if they aren't safe, we have a process where we talk to the supervisors who are on the platform to identify um, whether we need to raise it, whether we need to perform an active rescue uh, for the, the key person. So we do have ways to ensure that the person is safe. And if they're unsafe, it's about trying to get them to agree to be safe for the conversation and the length of the conversation. So you're looking for more volunteers for this service. How much time does a volunteer need to have spare to be able to take part? So, um, I mean, to be first, perfectly honest, any time, you know, I think, I think um, practically what we look for is um, a commitment of about four hours a week. So four hours a week of whatever time of your choosing, you can book a shift. Uh, the shifts are normally two hours. Um, when you start as a volunteer, because of the time it takes to try and uh, invest and train the volunteer, we look for a minimum commitment of 200 hours for however long that takes. 
that doesn't mean you have to do four hours every week. You know, if you're going on a holiday or you've got a busy week at work, you don't have to do it. You have to let them know, I can't do my four hours this week, and that's fine. You know, and also there's situations where as volunteers, our mental health is also important. You hear some really difficult conversations, and some days and some weeks you say, I, me, Benita, I need to focus on my mental health. I can't actually, uh, you know, um, support someone in my own personal mental state. So there is the ability that it's not a very full commitment. It's a two-way conversation to make sure that we can help as many people, but that it works around your lifestyle. But four hours a week is what's typical. And the training, how much does that involve? Yeah, the training is, um, there are modules that go up every week. It's normally over about an eight-week period. Um, you know, it says it takes about, I'm trying to remember my training, it was about maybe 60, 70 hours, but it, it doesn't take that long. Um, it just, it, a lot of it is quite common sense and it's really practical. So you can do, you know, you could do 20, 30 minutes a day and get through the training. But I think that it's interesting because the training, once you've done the training, just the rewards of being able to know that you've helped someone in a very difficult time um, is just, uh, you know, it's second to none, really. Yeah, that's, I suppose that's the selling point, isn't it? Because why would somebody volunteer for a service, as you say, can be quite distressing uh, at times when you hear all these difficult stories? Absolutely. And I, I guess, you know, my mum always said, like, you know, when I was younger, you know, when, you, when you're walking down the streets, if you see someone, you should smile at them. But, you know, just be nice. But it's because you don't know that's the only smile someone's going to get that day. Yeah. And I, I think that's very, very important, especially in these times. You don't actually know what someone's going through in their person, especially with COVID, financial challenges, personal challenges. You don't know. And being able just to respond to someone's text who's feeling so alone, knowing that you've possibly made an impact on their day, on them as an individual, it's just, you know, you've just done, it's not even just a good deed. You've actually helped someone's life. Vanessa, if somebody wants to volunteer for this really, really good service, how do they do that? Uh, just go to 50808, uh, so it's uh, text 50808.ie, um, there'll be a section that says volunteer, and um, you have to, um, you fill in an application form about why you'd like to volunteer, and then um, there's some guard and vetting that needs to be done, which is obviously very important, and then from there you'll be shortlisted to attend the next training cohort. Okay, well, I I hope you get many people responding to it because it's a service many, many more are going to need over the coming months. That's Vanetta Bajaj of 50808. Thanks for joining us on Limerick Today. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live.